Welcome back, friends and foes. Take a seat and uh, listen to the dulcet tones of Sally <laughs> and myself, Mark. Today, net worth. Mm-hmm. What's your net worth, by the way? Um, I think it's in the minus. I think we call that bad, bad, bad net worth. Grow. Grow, damn you. Well, actually, before this, I didn't really, I hadn't really thought about net worth. Me like, neither. Yeah. It de- like. We, I think, both thought it was something that, you know, gets talked a lot about in movies like Richie Rich. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it's not something that, like, people of our age really put much stock into. Unless I have a McDonald's in my house like Richie Rich, I don't need to start thinking about my net worth. That's right? your net worth. Yeah. <laughs> That's your yeah. net worth goal. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, we, to find out more, spoke to Jared Locke. Jared is a young dad and husband and the creator of the Money and My Daughter blog. Yeah, and on the blog, he, you know, he's constantly trialing new financial strategies and then sharing the learnings on the blog. Um, One of the most interesting ones uh, includes uh, how he was able to pay for his daughter's education before she was even born. Talk about planning. I know, right? But he kind of puts um, the whole topic of net worth into perspective and actually sort of made us care a bit more about it, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, we also tackle good debt and bad debt and how net worth is actually more of a conversation about financial fitness, which I think is a great little idea. Yeah, and also why should young people or, you know, people who maybe only just getting into their career should even care about their net worth and what it really means. And why Mr. Burns is a wonderful personal finance role model. Mm -hmm. The unsung hero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great. So let's play our interview with Jared Locke. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for joining us at Pocket Money. Thanks for having me. So we had a little bit of a chat about this before, but for our listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to starting Money and My Daughter? Yeah, sure. I had a daughter uh, two and a half years ago, which was super exciting. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I had done uh, financially in preparation for having a child, but also during those two years of having a child, seemed to have a real uh, level of interest from friends and family. At the time, I didn't really think they were particularly exceptional. I just thought that I was being, you know, clever with money and and well prepared for, you know, the costs that I felt were coming up in, in having a child. But I guess, you know, more I talked to people, the more they I realized that people felt that what I had done was pretty interesting and different from what most other people do. So I thought, you know, maybe I should start just journaling um, all the stuff that I'm doing with regards to money and like, I I guess, all of the thoughts and uh, strategies I had around it. Um, And that's sort of how Money and My Daughter started as a blog. That's great. So today we're going to be talking about net worth. So it's probably good to start with what it actually is. What is net worth? Net worth sounds probably like a pretty scary word and a scary kind of subject, um, which I can totally understand. All net worth really means is everything that you own that makes you money and everything that you own that costs you money. And you add those things together and there's your net worth. That's great. And I can imagine 20-somethings that are listening to this podcast, much like Sally and I, are probably wondering, you know, why should you care about net worth if you perhaps don't have anything. Yeah, if you don't have assets or you don't have property and you're only really just starting your career. If you can kind of consider net worth like a health check, 
but kind of like a financial health check. And so I guess if you think in terms of your physical health, you could take the view and say, look, I'm going to be terrible towards my physical health. I'm going to eat terribly. I'm not going to exercise. You know, I'm not going to do anything with regards to my physical health because I'm not going to run a marathon one day. And that's perhaps a fair statement. But what ultimately that's going to mean is that you're going to be most likely quite unhealthy, which I don't think anyone would think is a good thing. In the same sense with regards to your net worth, you could say, you know, look, I'm not planning on being a millionaire or a billionaire one day, so why do I need to worry about my net worth? Well, for exactly the same reason you need to worry about your health. The worse your net worth gets, let's say, and, and the more you were to go into, you know, a negative net worth situation where you've got a whole lot of things costing you money, for example, credit card debt, afterpay or buy now, pay later debt, and a whole lot of other debt that is ultimately not fundamentally contributing to your net worth, slash your health, the worst off you're ultimately going to be. So I guess if we consider net worth more like a health check for your finances, that's kind of why people need to be conscious of it. Income obviously is also an important factor in your financial health. Should we care more about income or net worth? Look, you know, in many ways, your income is going to assist you in keeping a healthy level of net worth. Obviously, the more income you receive, the more able you are to create a a positive, uh, healthy net worth for yourself. And I think, you know, just to clarify that when we talk about a positive net worth, often people sort of think, oh, you know, Richard Pratt, for example, or um, has, has a positive net worth or James Packer has a positive net worth. Yes, he does. And he's a billionaire. But someone who has, you know, $500 in the bank and, and no, no debt ultimately sitting behind that also has a positive net worth. So that's a, that's a healthy financial situation. So when we talk about income, um, ultimately what we're saying is if you're making a healthy level of income, then you have the ability to generate a healthy net worth or grow for yourself a healthy net worth. I feel like a lot of young people as well, or at least when I'm chatting with my friends and talking about, we don't sit around talking about net worth, mind. <laughs> Mark's, Mark's like, oh, I do. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we are talking about finances or financial goals, a lot of the time people are talking about like what income they want to get to. And then that's where, you know, they'll start talking about, you know, like what they want to do with that money rather than talking about net worth, which maybe is something that we need to do differently. Think about both sides. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, it's always hard because fundamentally people don't sit around and talk about their health. I mean, they do when they're like 80 and 90 or, you know, and in the same way, I mean, net worth is perhaps even more private because it's not as overt as someone's health. You can't just look at someone and go, oh, their net worth might be this. But fundamentally for you as an individual, it is a really good measure of understanding kind of what your financial health looks like. There are plenty of people who have a really high income, but fundamentally that income is going towards servicing or looking after um, really high debt. And so their net worth is really not going to be very good. You know, they might be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in income, but they also might be paying out hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest on various loans and other debts that they have. They're not using it to put themselves in a very financially healthy situation. They're just using it to ultimately service debt that provides them with a lifestyle today. But if that income, for whatever reason, drops, it puts them in a situation where that lifestyle, funded largely by debt, isn't viable anymore. And that debt can just come crashing down around them. And that's a really, really bad situation to be in. 
Okay, so usually to break things up in the middle of the episode, we like to play a little game called Underrated or Overrated, and it's just about that time. Would you like to kick us off, Mark? Yeah, just answer with Underrated or Overrated to the following topic. So we'll start (laughs) off with um, owning a home. Today, it's probably overrated. Ooh, Ooh, spicy. spicy. Oh, my God, (laughs) Jinx. Jinx, You owe me a Coke. (laughs) So why? Dig into that a little bit for us because I know there'll be some... uh, some controversial arguments for and against. Yeah, sure. Look, so I think the thing about property today is that particularly in our major cities of Melbourne and Sydney, property is really expensive. And while it definitely is a milestone for people to to buy their own property, fundamentally what we're seeing is a lot of people taking on a lot of debt to do that, um, which puts them in a really, really, uh, can put them in a really quite stressful situation where 10, 20, 30 years down the track when they've paid that property off, that may be the only asset they actually own the only thing that's genuinely contributing to their financial health and net worth. The challenge is that you know, when you take on quite a lot of debt for a property and that property doesn't necessarily appreciate in value or go up in value, if in fact it stayed the same in value or went down in value, that's probably not the best place for your funds because there are many other you know, places to ultimately put money that are not as exciting or perhaps does, don't seem like such a milestone at the time, but ultimately might end up making you back a lot more money. Okay, so the next one, the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. I really like this movement. Um, I don't consider myself a FIRE person, um, so I would definitely say it's underrated. Okay, Ooh, nice. so you wouldn't call yourself a FIRE bug, not just yet? Not really. What FIRE is ultimately talking about is, you know, they're saying to live really simplistic lifestyles while maximizing their income and saving and investing the maximum amount of their income so that as soon as possible, they can stop earning an income uh, from a job, let's say, and then go and continue living this very minimalist and simplistic lifestyle. And I think what that really means is kind of you've, you've got to really sign up for the long term to live a very simplistic and minimalist lifestyle. And that's not really for everyone. But at the same time, the principles of saving as much of your money as possible, investing as much of your money as possible, and taking some of those principles of minimalism are really good things. Awesome. Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, underrated or overrated? That is a very weird question. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say he's probably underrated. We were trying to think of uh, people with very positive net worth and we thought that he came to mind. Yeah. He's probably a really good example of someone who has worked his way into a situation where he owns an asset, in this case a business, the nuclear nuclear plant, that's paying him an income <laughs> such that it's meeting all of his expenses and, and, and more so that he can then go and invest money to become more and more and more rich, which is fundamentally a situation that I think we should all kind of aspire to be in. That's not to say that we should all aspire to go and own a business that, you know, is makes heaps of money for us. But I think, you know, what I'm saying there is that what we should all aspire to do is put ourselves in a situation where we do have loose funds outside of, you know, our living expenses, which allow us to go and invest money into things, whether it be property or shares or, um, you know, other investment vehicles that are ultimately going to, over the medium and long term, put us in a situation where our net worth is very healthy and give us opportunities that we wouldn't have had just from our income alone. Mm, That's great. So from this, the lesson is that we should all be like Mr. Burns. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. 
And last but not least, being a parent, underrated or overrated? <laughs> I feel like our parents, Mark, would probably say overrated. Quite overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with underrated. And not that I don't think anyone doesn't believe that being a parent's a great thing, but I think that there are a lot of great things that we can get out of being a parent. And, you know, obviously we're talking right now about finances and um, net worth and, and being in a healthy financial situation. And, you know, kind of like I said at the start, the thought of me having a child was very much the catalyst for me to start thinking, you know what, I need to start getting my finances in a healthy situation such that me and my family can live our best financial life and money can enable us to make have the choices that we want to have and do the things that we want to have. I gave the example of education before, but it also made me start thinking about property. It also made me start thinking about generally saving a portion of my income and spending less than I earn and all those really good sort of financial habits that, you know, really, I don't think that we necessarily start thinking about unless we genuinely have to. And so for me, having a child or even thinking about having a child really gave me that push to start thinking, okay, well, what does a good and healthy financial situation look like? And what do I need to change from what I'm doing today to being in that situation tomorrow? That's awesome. Yeah, it gives you the the perspective or like forces you to have the perspective to think long term. Yeah, totally. And just be living a healthy life. And I, you know, again, I'm sort of obviously referring to healthy with regards to finances, but it's also kind of pushed me to be healthy in other ways. You know, I, I don't nearly eat as much junk food as I did. I go to the gym, you know, a few times a week. I get up early in the morning now so that I can, you know, write my blog, for example. All of this stuff has ultimately come from me feeling, you know, the responsibility to you know, be a better person financially and non-financially for my daughter. Sounds very underrated then. <laughs> you could be a better person too, Mark. I know. All it takes is just being a parent. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, that was awesome, Jared. So let's go back to the uh, regular questions. Let's talk through the concept of um, building wealth versus building debt. So is taking on debt ever a good idea? Yeah, definitely. Like there's this notion of good debt and bad debt. You know, if let's say you borrow money to buy a house, which many of us do and will do, when you borrow money to buy a house, your expectation is that house is going to go up in value over time. Your expectation is also to kind of provide some basic life necessities like a roof over your head, you know, a warm place to call home, provide you with a necessary aspect of your life. Borrowing to buy a property, a house that you expect will go up in value over time, or if not, certainly not lose value over time, is fundamentally good debt because it's debt that's providing you a necessary aspect of your life, but also it's debt that ultimately should be making you money. But in a world where a lot of young Australians especially are carrying, you know, pretty huge amounts of student debt even before they enter the full-time workforce, what are your thoughts around, you know, like hex debt and student debt in terms of net worth? And then also, do you have any tips for building wealth early in your life if you're in that situation? With regards to, you know, hex debt ultimately or um, help debt or whatever we want to call it, that's kind of a necessary debt that, you know, you, you need to take on that enables you to, you know, have a career, let's say, or have the necessary skills for you to go out and do a certain job. Um, I would actually probably consider that being good debt because that's ultimately debt that is making you money. The debt itself doesn't make you money, but what you get out of that debt ultimately gives you the ability to go out and get a job that you might not be able to get or have skills you might not be able to have that will in the end make you money. 
And so anyone out there who's got hex debt and is ultimately using the skills and experiences that they got out of university or whatever type of study they did where they you know, got that should be ultimately really happy and, and comfortable with that, that those skills and experiences are, are helping them and allowing them to go and earn an income. So I don't think um, anyone should sort of necessarily be concerned about that. So the second half of the question was, do you have any tips for, for young people who are looking for ways to build wealth early in their life and get on the right track? Definitely. This is like a huge passion of mine. Um, I think a huge aspect of like the Money and My Daughter blog speaks to this. And I've got heaps of ideas around this, so I could absolutely talk on this for hours. The first thing about creating a positive net worth for yourself and and generating a, you know, a level of wealth for yourself in an early stage is earning an income. And then of the income that you have, spending less than you earn. And with that remainder, as much of that remainder as possible, putting it into assets or investments that you expect and can comfortably expect will make you money over time. Some of the simple ones are obviously property, but it's very expensive to get into from a young age. The other ones are shares. Uh, One of the challenges with the shares or the main challenge with shares is you know, what company to invest in. And I certainly couldn't sit here and tell anyone what company they should invest in. And I don't invest directly in any shares. Another one might be, you know, something like Raise, which comes up a lot. And fundamentally, Raise is just a platform that allows you to put a portion of your money that you spend and earn into an index fund. And an index fund is really just a grouping of a whole bunch of different types of investments to give you the ability to invest in them where you probably wouldn't otherwise Otherwise, you know, if we take the example of commercial property, I certainly don't have enough money today and most other people don't to go and invest in a big commercial building. However, it might be a really great investment. What an index fund does with you is allow you to put a bit of money in a fund that combined with everyone else's money gives you some investment into an asset like a big commercial building. When I talk about net worth. And when I talk about the sort of journey that I went on um, before my daughter was born to invest for her education, I invested money in an index fund. You can go about that in a bunch of different ways. One way is to buy what's called an exchange traded fund, which you can buy on the share market on the ASX. It's exactly the same thing as an index fund. It's just that you buy units in it through the share market. The other way to do it is to go directly with an index fund provider. So the one I did, I went through was Vanguard. And what Vanguard does is it provides you direct access to their own index funds. They do have a minimum buy-in. So in order to invest in the index fund, you have to start with a minimum $5,000, which I absolutely understand is, is a big stretch. But once you're in there, there is no cost for you to put more money in there. Unlike shares, where every time you go and buy a share or a group of shares, doesn't matter how many, you will be paying around $15 to $20 for every purchase of shares. Whereas investing directly with an index fund, you don't have to pay any additional money every time you want to put money in. So I can just be pay sort of $50, $100, $200, whatever it might be, whenever I've got it into that fund. And that index fund was the thing that went from $5,000 to many, many, many more thousands of dollars and allowed me to be in a situation where, you know, my daughter's private education is basically paid for for high school. Yeah, it's interesting those new ways or those different ways that you can do it where, you know, it might be smaller investments that you can put in rather than something like property, which I think is 
maybe a little bit less daunting for young people as well. And I know that a big question that I always have is, well, what if you don't really have a set goal yet and you don't know what you should be investing in or for? Like, what are you even saving money for? What if you don't know if you want to have a family yet or or what you want to do? So how important do you think it is to have like a set goal? Because you did say that when you started thinking about a family, that's what really like pushed you into into the right gear. We've all ultimately got, things that we want in life that may seem at the moment a bit out of reach. We may uh, in life want to be in a situation where we can retire early and that's sort of going back to that fire movement. And the fire guys love talking about index funds. So, you know, you might want to retire when you're 40 years old. That might seem incredibly out of reach, but the power of being 25 years old and starting to invest $100 every month or every fortnight or whatever it might be is incredible. And there's so many stats out there saying basically the earlier you start putting money away and investing into something like an index fund that is going to grow steadily over time is so, so incredibly powerful. And that's sort of where we talk about that concept of compound interest. So money making more money for you. Outside of that, um, you know, and that's obviously a big one going ahead and retiring at, you know, 40 or 30, whatever it might be. But outside of that, we might want to buy a house one day. We might want to buy an apartment one day. We might want to go and travel for a year at some point. You know, all of those things are very, very, very possible. But the important sort of point is to say, if I want those things at some point, what can I do today to make it incredibly likely that at some point I can do them? And often what we ultimately have in our capability today is to say, well, if I spend a little less here and there and put a little bit more away into something like an index fund or a raise account or a high interest bearing account, every time you do that, you're making that thing that you want you know, at some point in time, whether it be, again, three, five, 10 years, more and more and more possible. Every deposit you put into that investment is ultimately you getting closer and closer to that thing that you're, you know, hoping to have or or get one day, which I, you know, I fundamentally think is really exciting. Um, And I kind of got hooked on that pretty early on, you know, when I started saying, oh, wow, like I've got $10,000 in this um, education fund. I don't feel like it's been that long. Like, this is amazing. And then particularly with index funds, what you end up getting is you, you get at the middle of the year and the end of the year um, dividends. And dividends are basically just the things that you've invested in paying you money to say, thank you for investing in us. And, you know, those can really add up. You know, an index fund can pay you anywhere between sort of 5% and 10% dividends at any one time, which is, you know, pretty amazing. I mean, uh, 5% of $10,000 is um, is 500 bucks. So that's great. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's basically saying like, you know, even if you don't know what you want, just start saving anyways. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I guess it gives you the freedom to make that choice, whatever that is. You at least have something to work with. Yeah, totally. And, you know, even if you don't know what you want, I think all of us ultimately in life want options. Um, You know, and that's what me and my wife said that we wanted for our child. You know, we wanted options. We're not saying that we're going to go and send her to some, you know, incredibly expensive school. We might just send her to the local school around the corner that, you know, doesn't require us to have this big education fund for her. But I think fundamentally what we wanted was the option to do that, you know, if that's what we chose to do. In the same way that we'd all love the option to walk out on a job that, we're not enjoying or to try have have a go at that company that we you know business that we want to start building or change careers and move into a, a career that might not make us as much money but we might really enjoy a lot more 
all of those options become more and more available, the more you start building up your net worth and putting yourself into a really healthy financial situation where you do have an asset or a number of assets that are either at a level where you can draw down on them a little bit and still maintain, you know, a level of lifestyle that's comfortable for you, or ideally that are actually paying you out a little bit of money such that, you know, you might not necessarily be able to live on it, but it certainly helps. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, I think that's everything that we sort of had planned to ask you today, Jared. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, where can our listeners go to find out more? Well, obviously, in an incredibly biased self-promotion, um, if you are a young parent, if you're thinking about being a young parent, you can absolutely go to moneyandmydaughter.com. I've written a number of blog posts on there that detail exactly how I started my index fund and basically got to the level where I could pay for my daughter's private education on the day she was born. Um, I also talk about a whole bunch of other stuff in there that helps put you in the best financial situation possible and also ultimately just helps you as a young parent or um, aspirational young parent live your best financial life. So definitely encourage people who are in that situation or think they might be in that situation one day to go and check out moneyandmydaughter.com. That's awesome. We'll put the links to your blog in our show notes page as well. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks again, uh, Jared, for your time. Uh, we found that really great. Yeah, thanks. Learned so much. Pleasure. Well, that was an excellent exploration into the wide world of net worth. Mm-hmm. And the importance of Mr. Burns. And the importance of Mr. Burns. Very important. <laughs> So to learn more, uh, get all of the show notes and resources that we mentioned in the episode, make sure to go to finder.com.au slash podcast. And uh, feel free to leave us a nice little review wherever you're listening uh, and subscribe if you want to hear more, which I know you do. Yeah. So don't lie to yourself and don't lie to us and subscribe. <laughs> and as always, please follow us on Instagram where we have some tasty personal finance memes mm, and mm, other mm. hot content. And I think that's it from us. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say, Sam, <laughs> to the wide world? Go watch Richie Rich. That's all you need to do. Yes. It'll teach you everything you need to know about net worth. Your homework for this episode, go watch Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. And then Home Alone if you have time. Mark and Sally, out. Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening. Are you kidding? If you want to learn more about (laughs) Richie Rich, (laughs) subscribe to this podcast. And watch Richie Rich.